Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Early Wedge presented by BetMGM. I am your host, EC, a.k.a. Eric Cohen, and thank you for joining us. Last week was, we were so close at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, but yet another 100-plus to one winner took it down. That's hopefully not happening this week. We're going to actually hit one of a like the top of the board. I feel like, well, let's bring in the, the experts, and they'll decide that. It is the, uh, we'll call him the Nick Taylor of uh, Golf Betters, that is one C in Najat. The, the best. That, that's the best right now. That is. And I don't even know what golfer I was going to compare you to, Patrick. I was going to say Lucas Glover because he failed to miss his tee time. And then, you know, I failed to meet you when you were in Phoenix. I was going to go that way. Honestly, though, Patrick McDonald from CBS Sports, uh, your thoughts on the Waste Management Phoenix Open. You were out there for a couple of days. Uh, what did you think? Well, I, I appreciate that Lucas Glover comparison, obviously. Mm-hmm. Missing you, missing the show. I apologize to you all. That is on me. I was rubbing elbows with uh, some WM execs, Coach Saban, Glenn Powell as well. So unfortunately, you guys had to take the back seat. Uh, but never again, I, I promise to you guys. But the WM experience, I, I don't think it was a coincidence that EC and I were both out there the week. It completely hit the fan. I mean, I saw you at that b- bottled blonde suite, lining 18, you see shirt off, waving your shirt in the air, going absolutely berserk, yelling that you hit Nick Taylor 9-1, to one, coming down 17. Uh, but overall, just a phenomenal experience. Counselor, watching the Waste Management Phoenix Open from afar, just your thoughts on, from a betting perspective, it was all over the map. You thought Scotty Scheffler starting the fourth round, he's gone. He's up two shots on the front nine. It's over. Until it wasn't. Yeah, it's so interesting because in 18 holes, so much can happen, right? Because we thought Sahith Tagala was really in good position. We had that outright, right? And then Scotty Scheffler makes the charge. And then if you looked away for 20 minutes and you looked back and then all of a sudden you saw Nick Taylor and Charlie Hoffman at the top and Scotty Scheffler trailing and Sahith Tagala kind of nowhere to be found, fifth place, uh, you would have been like, no, 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 this is like an alternate universe. This doesn't make any sense. So it's really interesting. So much unfolded. And I'll, I'll say this because we mentioned it in the chat. People are talking about Emiliano Grillo. And part of the reason they're talking about him right now is because I had two matchups last week. I had Bo Hostler at plus money over Min Wu Lee. That cashed. My other one was top South American Grillo over Vegas, Echeverria, and Viegas. And well, the two of them didn't make the cut. Going into round four, and this is how much things can change in 18 holes. Going into round four, Vegas was at nine under. Grio was at one under. This thing was completely dead. They ended up tied 
Emiliano Grillo shot eight under. They ended up tied, so we pushed that bet. We win the other matchup. It was unbelievable. It just goes to show you might be down, Nick Taylor, but you're never out. You can go and win any given golf tournament, uh, and I love the comeback ball from Nick Taylor. That was really cool to see. Wow, it really was. Charlie Hoffman was awesome, but Nick Taylor uh, was yeah. clutch. I mean, he had to birdie 18 three straight times, which is not an easy hole. I mean, I'll let you know when I play it on Saturday. I guarantee you I will not be birdieing it uh, when that happens. All right, let's move on to the Genesis, just like the Tour. So it's a 70-player uh, 70 event. But there's a cut, which is kind of weird. Let's get to our storylines. Uh, Patrick, we'll start with you. A couple of struggling stars who, in fact, uh, I believe there's one sports book who's offering generous prices on both of these players that you're going to mention uh, just because they feel like there's no chance they're going to win, right? I, I wouldn't say necessarily that. I would think the Genesis Invitational, given their history at Riviera, for Victor Hovland, who's been working on his new swing, he took last week off at the WM Phoenix Open, was in the field originally, WD'd, because Vic's the type of guy who, when he wants to work through something, it's through practice, not necessarily on the golf course come game time. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how he plays at Riviera. He's always played well at the Genesis Invitational. And then someone like Max Homa, who played well at the Farmers Insurance Open, top 15 there. But at Pebble Beach and at uh, last week at Scottsdale, you know, his hometown now, he's really struggled. One on the greens, and Max Oma was, you know, a top 20, top 25 type putter on the PGA Tour last season and with the driver. So he's been lights out these past four years. I think he has a win, a top 10, a top five, and a runner-up last year to John Rahm. So for those two guys, uh, I mean, it's a spot where, one, yes, they are struggling relatively over a very short sample size, but it is a great spot for them to potentially bounce back and uh, get rolling come Florida swing. Well, uh, spoiler alert, I do like one of those guys that you mentioned, and I will have an outright and probably some other bets, including uh, that particular golfer. Counselor, when it comes to your storyline this week, uh, we're talking about, you know, John Rom won this tournament last year. He's now not on tour. Who replaces him? I guess, you know, like, where are the stars? We're, we're missing the star power on the PGA Tour this year. This is a great setup from you, EC. I'm, I'm kind of going bottom of the barrel here, right? I'm going like morning sport, sports talk, uh, rankings topic. Like who's better, Michael Jordan, LeBron James? What I want to know is, you know, last year we had the big three. You mentioned John Rahm. It was Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, and Scotty Scheffler. Or at least we thought that was the big three until Victor Hovland came and just stole everybody's money. But now, like, I don't know if Victor Hovland, is he now in the big three conversation? Of course, big three owed to the Miami Heat. But, you know, we know it's Scotty. We think it's Rory. And, and I don't really know who the third man is. But Victor Hovland struggling like we just talked about. You know, I'm not sure he, he joins that conversation, although he would be the appropriate fit. I, I just want to see, with some of these PGA Tour players now gone to live, I want to see who emerges like to be in that, at least not the Scotty conversation necessarily, but the Rory conversation and these types of tournaments that are so loaded. Is it Xander maybe? Is Patrick Cantley going to come back to form a little bit? I mean, there's so many. Max Homa, who was just mentioned, Justin Thomas, is he going to emerge and over the next few months be so good that we actually start talking about him in that, in that vein? Uh, Jordan Spieth, there's just so many names we can go over. And again, with some of the star power leaving, I really think it's important for the PGA Tour to have some of these shorter shots, like you mentioned, EC, emerge as like a victor, like some somebody who can win on the PGA Tour on somewhat of a consistent basis. I think the PGA Tour needs that. I mean, listen, we're going to be watching, we're going to be betting either way, but I'm just really curious to see which one of these stars emerges as a superstar. Yeah, and I think that's a great point there. We need to see, as fans, you want to see your bets have a chance. 
No offense to Nick Taylor. He finished second at the at the WMPO last year. So there was some course form, and Charlie Hoffman has always played well there. But we wanted to see Scotty Scheffler and, you know, a, another big name, Justin Thomas, in that playoff. Nick Taylor and Charlie Hoffman, albeit it was a great finish to the, that tournament, but it doesn't move the needle. This week on tour, we it would be great to see two of the, you know, Rory McIlroy and Scheffler, Rory McIlroy and Spieth, Somebody like the big names, Cantlay, Homa, some of the, the ones that, that Patrick mentioned, Hovland, if they were in the mix, I think I think the tour is rooting for that. And my storyline, well, guess who's back this week? Tiger. And seemingly it's at the right time for the PGA Tour. We, these leaderboards we're talking about, uh, they've been lacking the top players of late. Is there a prime betting spot for him? I'm going to ask you guys. We None of us that I saw have any bets with Tiger. Right now, there he is minus 125 on one sportsbook to make the cut and minus 110 not to make the cut. If you were to, to bet one side or the other, Patrick, I'll start with you. Which side would you start? Make the cut or miss it? So field of 70, top 50 through to the weekend antis and those within 10 strokes of the lead. So there's a potential for this cut realistically to be like 10 people. And so do you think Tiger Woods is going to be in that bottom 10, even though he hasn't played great golf since this comeback, since kind of the 2022 Masters, he has made five out of six cuts. Two of them he's had a WD from, but he's made it through to the weekend. Uh, I think his range of outcomes since this comeback has been high. You see it with the volatility from round to round. Even last year at Riviera, he shot like 69, then 74, then 67, then 73. Uh, so if he puts together a two-round performance like that, I, I think I think he'll make the cut, yeah. All right, well, I mean, as Patrick said, like literally there's 10 golfers that uh, might not make the cut. Tiger, you would think, would, would post one good round in the first two. All right, let's get on to DFS picks. You guys are always money with this. Well, Patrick, we're going to start with you. I, I, I got to admit, your storyline, you know, you, you got me all hyped up on Max Homa, and then I look at it, and you're fading Max Homa from DF, from a DFS uh, standpoint. Why is that? Yeah, ju- just from a DFS standpoint, right? I think you see Max Homa, state of California, especially at Riviera, where he has four straight really good finishes, and the, and the price point is pretty palatable under 10K, so... Just because of that, the current form isn't fantastic. I'm going to just do without Max Homa this week. It's a risky play. We know he can win here. But I look up at some of those other you know, 10K guys, and I have more uh, comfort and, uh, I'd say, confidence in them. And then for you know the clearance rack, the bargain bin, Sia mentioned Emiliano Grillo. And ever since he's mentioned him a few weeks ago, he's been on an absolute tear, just hitting the absolute – cover off the golf ball and i know the history isn't great here i think he only has one top 20 finish but he's in it so well and in the price at 6900 it's gonna allow you to be pretty flexible in some lineups and then siwoo kim's a name i'm gonna continue to ride at 7600 dollars. nice finish top 20 last week at the wm phoenix open uh he's just been great this season so far hitting the golf ball and i think the putter's starting to come around He's been in between the broomstick, conventional. Now he's doing uh, left-hand low a little bit, and it seemed to work out. So once he figures that out, I I think he's probably due for a win, maybe not in a signature event, but down the line in uh, one of those gen pop full field events, I'd be looking for Siwoo Kim here soon. Uh, So I like him at 7,600. And then Keegan Bradley, I always remembered the playoff here with Phil Mickelson, him, Bill Haas, Bradley making that putt on 18 to make it into the playoff. 
Haas beating both of them. Uh, but he's playing great golf at the moment. He easily could have won at the Sony Open, played great at Pebble Beach as well, struck the ball well. Uh, so at Sony 900, Keegan Bradley on a golf course where the winning score isn't going to get out of control. That's always something I'm interested in. Yeah, I, I and I love how you go bargain basement. Now, see his picks only have one uh, kind of a, a, a lower uh, price there with Kurt Kitayama. But I actually, Counselor, I really like your top two, even though you know how I have a, an anti-Sam Burns uh, outright uh, thing going on right now. But tell us, why do you like Burns and Adam Scott? Yeah, I think Sam Burns can really splash here. I mean, pr- first of all, third last week, he really, really got hot over the weekend. And, and by the way, his track record here is really checkered. It's it's very hit or miss, like miscut or, you know, top five. And I think that's exactly what you're looking for in DFS. And given that his game seems to be trending in the right direction and that I think he's actually a really good course fit at $8,700, not only do I think he's a good splash play to potentially even like take down this tournament, but like I don't know what ownership ownership is going to look like, but he's sandwiched among so many players that are going to be relatively popular. Like, for example, we've got like Tony Fee now a, a couple hundred ahead of him. We've got Jordan Spieth at nine thousand. Sahith the Gala might get some popularity. Cameron Young. We go down to Adam Scott, who I'll talk about in a second. Like I, there's only so many people that are going to click on Sam Burns and because my next two guys here are going to be relatively chalky. I like I, honestly. I will start at least one of my main DFS lineups with Sam Burns. I will live in the 8K range because I think there's some win potential, again, in that 8K range. And I think the top is great, but but the differences between like Xander Schauffele, who I love in this tournament, and Sam Burns over four rounds, I don't think the differences are that extreme, especially Xander's probably a bad example because he's hitting it so well. But, you know, Max Homa, Victor Hovland, I don't think those differences in this tournament are that extreme between those two guys and Sam Burns. Adam Scott is going to be really chalky. I mean, I don't need to say too much about Adam Scott. His recent form is great. You look at the ball striking, you look at the short game, you look at the weighted tee to green, whatever you want to look at, Adam Scott shines. And oh, by the way, his history here is amazing. I mean, it, it truly is very, very good. So at 8,200, I don't want to say he's a, it's a misprice, but he's going to be pretty popular and it's for good reason. So just know that going in. Kurt Kitayama is another sort of Sam Burns light type play where I think he is going to be very hit or miss. I think he's played here once before he missed the cut. No big deal. That was last year. Kurt Kitayama's game right now. And again, small sample size. Maybe it's not the sample size that you're comfortable with, but small sample size. This guy is unbelievable. Weighted T to green in this field. And I think at the time I did this two nights ago, I think I went to like 20 rounds, maybe 22 rounds. I always try to find a number from a round standpoint that might be different from other people. But I think it was 22 rounds. His weighted tee to green numbers were fourth in this field. And again, small sample size. It's still Kurt Kitayama at the, at the same, same, like, you know, we're, we're not talking about a guy that's done it long enough where I can say he's going to be great. But at $6,900 in DFS in particular, I'm willing to speculate. And speaking of speculating, I think playing Victor Hovland at 10000 is just probably the wrong move. I think Victor Hovland is great. I think he can win this tournament. But if I'm looking at guys in that price range, given how Victor Hovland has played to open this year, unless I'm doing it strictly for ownership leverage, and I'm not even sure that's going to be the case. And what I mean by ownership leverage, unless I'm doing it because nobody's going to play Victor Hovland, that would be a good reason to play him, right? Well, I don't think that's the case. So I'm just there's no reason for me to play Victor Hovland at 10000 Okay, that's fair. Uh, I get it. And listen, Patrick's storyline uh, from earlier in the show uh, pops up right here in DFS. Max Homa, Victor Hovland fades. Now... One of the reasons that everybody loves watching Dearly Wedge is because, Sia, you are the FRL king. 
Now, how did you do last week before we get in? How did you do with your FRLs last week? It was kind of weird because it went a little bit long. So this is why like following all of us on Twitter is a good idea. What happened was I had Thigala, right? I had, what, what did I have? Four first round leaders. I'm trying to remember. One of them was Thigala. I think it was 45 to one. Well, overnight he was the first round leader, but of course play was interrupted. So there was a lot of play to go. And what was so interesting is that at the sports books that were actually offering cash outs, it was, you know, in one of the few instances where like I I basically authorized people who asked me, I said, hey, maybe cash out's a good idea here, because if you remember, Novak was chasing him. There was a few other guys that were like much better than Novak that were chasing him. And we knew the conditions were going to be calm the next morning, really calm, really perfect for guys like Nick Taylor. So what's really interesting is that people asked me, hey, should I cash out? And I said, yeah, this is one of the few instances I probably would because he's only a few shots up. Conditions are going to be premium tomorrow. And oh, by the way, I like some live first round leader bets. I listed three, one short shot, one medium shot, one extreme long shot. The short shot was Nick Taylor. A lot of people liked Cam Young in that position to catch Sahith Gala. I liked Nick Taylor at 12 to one. So there were a lot of people that cashed out on, on Sahith the Gala and then cashed again on the first round leader on Nick Taylor. Now I can't take credit for hitting the first round leader there, right? Because I did not, but we were able to leverage that situation into cashing out and then one-upping it to a different first round leader, which actually hit. It was actually a really cool, really unique moment. I, well, congratulations. That was a great bet. And I know people were going nuts on, on X and message boards about that. So well done. All right, Patrick, I know you don't have any official picks in this section. If you were to give me one or two names just to keep an eye on, it's a little sprinkle maybe from you before we get to the counselors, who would you take? I, I love the Sam Burns call. Absolutely love it. Um, I would say the one year he did contend, it was that super windy year. He, he played great the first two rounds. And then the third round, they had to delay it because the wind was so strong that balls wouldn't stay on the green. And he got caught up in that a little bit. So I think the course fits great for him. He's playing great, and we know Sam Burns is lights out one in round ones and especially on the green. So I will uh, support Sia's play on that one. All right, Counselor, you got four of them on the board here. People are getting their pens and pencils out and paper and everything like that. Tell us why you like these guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for guys that can really dial in. Honestly, it, the, the first two are, are, to me, the the more realistic shots that I like on this course in general. We know they've splashed on this course. I'm talking, of course, Sam Burns at 28 to 1. By the way, most of these numbers, and please ask, because sometimes I fail to specify, and, and Patrick and EC, sometimes we fail to talk about like where we're getting these numbers from. Um, most of these numbers are from BetMGM. Uh, I think I largely use BetMGM and DraftKings for the first round leader numbers, but I'm pretty sure three out of four of these are BetMGM numbers. Their first round leader numbers happen to be longer than most. Sam Burns, listen, we, we know he can get completely dialed in. I, I really, really like where the form is. I think Joey Blaze mentioned his form uh, in the chat as well. Cam Young, I don't expect, first of all, I didn't play Cam Young last week, uh, and I was pleasantly surprised that his game sort of rose to the occasion. And I think it can happen again. I don't expect him to win this tournament, but we he's shined in first rounds before. And at 35 to 1 with this limited field, given where, where his game might actually be in contrast to where it was a few weeks ago, I think Cameron Young is really live to be a first round leader. These next two are kind of long shots. I mean, Bo Hossler at 55 to 1. His ball striking has been a little shaky. The short game is fantastic. The putter can get really hot. But I think if the ball striking is there, I think he's live to be a first round leader because I know he can get hot with the putter. And Grio, what can I say about Grio? Like, I I, I got to go back to him. The chat loves Grio. I know Japan is in here. He says he's on it. 
I mean, I almost, we were talking about Genesis earlier and quoting Phil Collins. Like I almost want to, who, who, who sung that song, uh, wind beneath my wings. Did you ever know that you were my hero? Who was that? Does anybody remember? Uh, I know the song, but uh, I'm I'm blanking here. Because hero rhymes with griot. Did you ever know that you're my hero? You're everything I wish I could be. I can fly higher than an eagle. You are the wind beneath my wings. You can replace eagle with griot, and that just hits perfectly. Griot is going to be our hero in the first round leader market, 66 to 1. Well, look at uh, Sia quoting Bette Midler, uh, yes, something Bette I never Midler. thought I would hear on the early wedge. But coming up next... Is there a showdown looming between myself and Patrick? Find out after we hear from one of our sponsors. All right, Patrick, are you ready for this? It's time for the matchup section here. It's where we've been really profitable. Sia, especially, and you, Patrick, really good at these. Me, I, I take I take my shots here. These aren't really my game every week. But you and I are directly opposite on one of them. And I'm actually taking the plus money side. So I'm going to let you start first with your matchups, and then we'll – talk about a showdown go ahead let's let's hear what you got i was i was unaware someone's uh peeking at the answers before the test clearly ec uh <laughs> but my, my first one i, I like colin morikawa minus 110 over max homa a couple cow bears here morikawa is just in in better form i know they both play well around this golf course and the thing i like about morikawa this week is his short game pops at riviera he tends to like this type of grass he likes Poana. More importantly, uh, the grass on the fairways and the rough as well. So I like that at minus 110. Scotty Scheffler minus 130 over Rory McIlroy. I mean, Scotty Scheffler, I don't, I don't know if there's anything more you can say in terms of ball striking. He has one finish outside the top 30, uh, I feel like, since I was born, potentially, and everything else. I know last year this event wasn't a good event for him, but it was a T12. And so if it's not a good event for him and he's finishing T12, I like his chances. So his floor is just so high. He's probably going to finish like fifth or seventh or something like that. And if Rory clips him, kudos to him. Uh, and then JT Poston, minus 120 over Eric Cole. I think Poston's one of the more mispriced guys on the board. I know Eric Cole's been playing well. He's kind of fallen off this year, just a smidge. But Poston's, his approach play has been fantastic. The putter has been good. It was really bad last week, but I think it's a good bounce back spot for him. So I like a minus 120 over Cole. All right, Patrick, uh, Rory McIlroy, I'm getting juice against Scotty. What I saw from Scotty uh, on Sunday, he just, you know, it, the game is great. The approach game is phenomenal. Best in the world. But the putting is still a problem. Rory McIlroy in his last five uh, Genesis Invitationals, you know, three top tens. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, his last four Genesis Invitationals, one top 10. So dare I ask, are you in or are you out? <laughs> I'm, I won't touch on the, the sample okay. skewing there, but I, I'm in. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I will. I'm in. See ya. Snake, play the music already. Come on. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm giving you Rory McIlroy. I'm taking Rory McIlroy at even money here. I don't need your juice here. As good as Scotty is, this is Rory sticking McIlroy at plus money. Now nah, we we don't we don't turn that down. Uh, my other one that I like is Sam Burns over Jordan Spieth. Spieth's history here. I'm not overly impressed. Uh, one top twenty in his last five here. Sam Burns, as we talked about, uh, three top tens in a row. Uh, can't really argue with that. Uh, he's not gonna. I'm not gonna bet him to win. 
But in, at minus 120 over Spieth, sign me up. All right, Counselor, you have a couple here. What do you like? Yeah, and by the way, it was Stewie. He's asking, see your thoughts on uh, Ober first-round leader. Uh, I think it's fine. I tried to focus on guys that were going out. It's kind of arbitrary, but but noon, I'm talking Eastern time, noon or earlier, and and Ober was was a little after that. Burns was, was the last guy out. Like, I'm trying to target morning guys uh, more than anything. He was, of my four, uh, it was... It was Burns that goes out at 12. Again, I'm talking uh, Eastern Standard Time. So because Obert was after that, I didn't really consider him. But uh, yeah, I think he's a fine first-round leader. Absolutely live to win this whole tournament. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, minus 130 over Tom Kim is my first one. So Tom Kim scares me for one reason, and it's because last week on approach, he was actually really good, and the ball striking in general like hasn't been good for him. So perhaps he's found something, but... You know, just going back to the beginning of the season, even towards last season, like the ball striking and short game have been not very good. Like the, the Tom Kim that we once knew and loved, like he'll be back, but I just don't know that he's back yet. And Tommy Fleetwood, we haven't seen much of him. And, and what we have seen hasn't been particularly great. But what I like about Tommy Fleetwood is, is his comfort on this course. I think he's going to be really good on this course. He's got he's got kind of all the tools in the bag, which to me is what you need at Riviera, you, you need to have good short game. You need to be pretty good with the ball striking. And, and unless Tommy Fleetwood just has another bad tournament, I, I think he just outclasses Tom Kim in a lot of these things, especially with the short game in mind. So I'll take Fleetwood minus 130 over Tom Kim. By the way, his history is better as well. I think the last two times he's played here, he's been inside the top 30. So I, I think that's notable enough to point out. And then I'm going right back to Bo Hossler. Last week we had Bo Hossler over Minwoo Lee. This time I'm taking him over Harris English now. Harris English, his finishing positions have been quite good. Like, you know, some people might think Harris English is back. The problem is I just can't get over what he's doing in the ball striking department. Off the tee, he's been okay. I don't think he'll be great off the tee in this tournament. I think Hossler will be better. But approach, Harris English has been bad, like straight up bad. He's lost on approach in six of his last seven tournaments. And the one he gained, he gained like 0.7. So it wasn't like some splash recent approach play that all of a sudden we need to pay attention to like we might need to with Tom Kim. Harris English is doing it all with the short game. I don't want to discredit short game because that's really important here. But good news, Bo Hossler's short game is great too. So to me, those two cancel each other out. And then now I'm looking at ball striking. I just think Bo Hossler is more fit for this course. And I think his ball striking is way more steady. So at minus 110, I think I'm looking at a good price. I'll take him again back-to-back weeks. Very solid. Going a little bit down the board a little bit. I I like it, Counselor. I'm good with that. Now it's time for my favorite things to bet every week. Those are finishing positions. And you know what I see? A parlay. And you know, Patrick, that just every week, it just warms my heart. But this isn't a make the cut parlay because as we talked about, when 60 of 70 guys are probably going to make the cut, that's not going to get it done. All right. Finishing positions. You're going kind of chalky here, but explain why you like Scheffler and JT. Yeah, I'm trying to squeeze a little more out of this JT number. I think it's around like minus 150-ish, 160-ish. And Scotty Scheffler is just a top 20 machine. Uh, So you give me Justin Thomas, who I'm super high on. I think the win's coming very soon. And then Scotty Scheffler, who probably is going to finish around fifth or seventh, like I said. So plus 115, I think, uh, is something I couldn't pass up on for top 20s. All right, Counselor, you and I are kind of aligned on this one, but you're taking the safe route with Adam Scott. Yeah, I tend to with finishing positions, and frankly, it hasn't worked. If there's any place I've been deficient, like on this show, it's been in the finishing position markets where I'll either split or I'll lose two out of three. So I want to be sort of conservative here. Like everybody knows, I'm kind of conservative in this market anyway. I'm usually going with like even money, the plus 130s, the plus 120s, things of that nature. So I'll take another plus price at Adam Scott T20. I see what you have in the top 10 market. 
I don't mind that at all at plus 250. We've already talked about Adam Scott, his comfort level here, his recent form. He really checks those boxes in a big way. So I think T20 plus 105 makes a lot of sense. I do want to point uh, two things out. One is, and Patrick has addressed this, if you if you watch this show last year, Patrick addressed this, I thought, pretty well. And, and EC, I don't want to speak for you, but I think Patrick and I, when it comes to the finishing positions, we sort of tamper down or, or, or temper our, our unit sizing with, with this particular market. In other words, with head-to-head matchups, like I'm a full unit, if not two, depending on whether I, I love something or not. In the finishing positions, I would encourage people, unless you just really love this market, to maybe go down to half a unit or 0.7 units or 0.75, something, because I do think this market is a little bit more volatile than obviously the head-to-head matchup where you only have to beat one guy. The other thing I want to point out is it was Mark Buckholz who asked, Top Australian Adam Scott, and I believe the number he quoted was like plus 135, and it was with Jason Day and Cam Davis. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I, I think it's good. I think Jason Day's kind of sneaky. I think Cam Davis is kind of sneaky, so it wouldn't surprise me if like Jason Day wins that one, but I am a believer in Adam Scott. I do think he has some win potential, so I wanted to point out Mark Buckholz because Top Australian, I do prefer his pick, Adam Scott. Yeah, and I'm going to roll with Adam Scott top 10. I actually love this market. The key, though, is you have to play it at a place like BetMGM, which is one of the few that actually includes ties. Mm. Because that's where if you tie, and let's say you have a five-way tie, and this has happened at other sports books where it'll it'll cut the size of your bet. If you tie with five others for the final spot, cuts your bet, uh, you get one-fifth of the stake times the times the units there, or times the the whatever, plus 250, let's say, for Adam Scott. So you have to be careful, but BetMGM is the right place to play these bets. Going Adam Scott, top 10, five top 10s and a top 20 in his last six tournaments around the world. Great course history here. Sign me up. You know, producer Jake was giving me crap about this one uh, before the show. Will Zalatoris, top 20, plus 130. Listen, he had a T13 at the Farmers Insurance after a T34 in Palm Springs. The game is coming back here. He gained uh, more than 12 shots combined against the field in those in those two tournaments. And he has two top 20s uh, in his last three here, including a solo fourth last year, gained nearly 13 shots against the field. So uh, I like that uh, a lot. And I'm going with Tom Hoagie as a top 30. He has a uh, as a top 20s here in or top 20s in three of his last four tournaments. And he was T14 here last year. Great iron player who excels on approach and with the flat stick of late has gained strokes putting in his last four tournaments. Now, where can you bet all of these? As I mentioned, at BetMGM. New BetMGM customers can sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets. Just place your first wager of at least $5, and you will receive $150 instantly in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome with bonus code EDGE150. That's EDGE150. Now, before we get to our outright winners, another market that we are due to hit, let's hear from one of our sponsors. All right, it is time for – listen, we're due. Uh, that's all I'm going to say is we're due – Patrick, I'm going to start with you. Now, I was big on JT last week in Phoenix. I was all in. He was number one in my fantasy rankings. By the way, you can check us, our, our columns. So we have a bunch of columns between the three of us out uh, on sportsline.com. C has got one out, I think, uh, today. Patrick has a couple out this week, plus his work on cbssports.com. And I have the fantasy rankings uh, that you can find uh, also on Sportsline. So, Patrick, I was all about uh, Justin Thomas last week. Now, you're picking him to win at 16-1 to 1 this week. Why is that? I am. And uh, yeah, Dustin, the MGM doesn't let you given it's uh, ties paid in full, but FanDuel or DraftKings, uh, you can get it done over there. The uh, placement bet for uh, the finishing positions. But yeah, 
Justin Thomas, 16 to one. He opened, I think, as high as 25, maybe even 27. So 16 is steep, but I do think the win is coming soon. He's played well here before. He should have won here. I think in 2019, JB Holmes played out the pulled out the UNC Dean Smith playbook, hit him with the four corners, and slow played him in that final round. JT kind of fell apart there, came in second, but he, he ranks first in total strokes gained over the last six months. The iron play looks great. You can get a little wild off the tee here. That's okay if you're Justin Thomas, and the short game's fantastic. So I think the win's coming. I think it's going to come before the Florida swing, so that means it has to come this week. So 16-1 to 1 for JT. And then Matt Fitzpatrick, I think he's flying under the radar. I think 40-1 to 1 is – you look at some of the names around him, like is Cameron Smith or Cameron Young really going to win this tournament? He's never won before. Are some of these other names – like I know Tony Finau has a great history here, and he's a little further up the board. Uh, I just think Fitzpatrick, there's a little disrespect there. He's driving the ball really well. He's a great putter, as we know. The bugaboo with him typically is the iron play can lag behind. But given where these approach shots are going to come from, the mid-iron section a lot, that's where he thrives. And you look at his approach numbers at this tournament in particular, and you can see that really pan out. So Fitzpatrick, former U.S. Open champion, wins big tournaments, you know, signature events, things of that caliber at 40-1, to 1, I think is a really nice play. It's funny that I had Fitzpatrick as my one and done in the league that I'm in at Pebble Beach. That didn't go so well. And JT, last week at the Phoenix Open, you're picking them both this week. My luck, right? Uh, all right, Counselor, I, I see you're doing it against Sam Burns. We've talked about this. You're, I, the form is great, but you're picking him to win? You're putting an outright ticket on him? Yeah, I mean, I can't even necessarily say the form is great because I, I don't have a long-term sample size for Sam Burns. I mean, I do. I mean, I, depending on how far back you go, but I just love the pop recently, and, and I love that he's splashed at this course before. He almost gained, EC, 10 strokes ball striking last week at Phoenix. And by the way, he's gained with the putter appreciably with the putter over his last three tournaments. So the putter's there like it usually is for Sam Burns. But like when we see the ball striking numbers, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, I kind of wish Sam Burns was like 25 or 26 to one. I understand why he's 22 and in some markets down to, to 20 to one. I think that's OK. Again, I don't think I'm getting the best number here. You know, at this point, like a lot of these have been bet down, including Adam Scott. But I'll say this about all three. Xander Shoffley, when you look at weighted T to green, over the last 22 rounds. Again, I'm using 22 rounds kind of arbitrarily. It's a small sample size. Most people use 20 or 24 or 16 or 50. I'm using 22, so take it for what it's worth. Weighted tee to green, and we know how big tee to green is uh, at Riviera. Well, Scotty Scheffler's first. Second is Xander Shoffley. And by the way, third is Justin Thomas. So there you go, uh, Patrick McDonald. And what's interesting is guess who's fifth? I I'll share fourth with you in my long shot section because I've got two long shots to give out too. But the 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 person who was fifth is none other than Adam Scott, who, again, we know has good history here as well. So he's got the recent form. He's got obviously the course history. So I like him at 33 to one. Burns is the splash play. I have a feeling about Burns. This is one of those situations where I, I just really like his course fit. I like that he's done well here before. And I like what I saw last week. So these three, I think, are legit. And by the way, when it comes to the big three, I don't think we can count out Xander. I'm not talking like this week if he wins, because we still won't put him there. But I'm not a Xander guy. But now that some of these stars have left at the top, it wouldn't shock me if five months from now we're talking about Xander in the same sort of conversation as Roy McIlroy in terms of how well they've done this particular season. Yeah, you know, and and Counselor, I love betting Xander Shoffley. It's usually a staple 
uh, at the top of my rankings. This week, I'm actually fading him. I, I just, I don't know, I didn't have a good feeling on that, but I, I like to see that you have him. Maybe I'll uh, I'll take a look here after the show. I do agree about Adam Scott. I mean, listen, the, the course form is great. He won here in 2020. Actually had him that day. That was a, a wonderful day uh, when he hit that uh, right before COVID happened. But he had a T8 in Scottsdale after he was struggling. I didn't even think he was going to make the cut. And somehow he goes out and shoots, what, 66, 65 on the weekend and and ends up in the top 10. So and beats Justin Thomas. I mean, he was he was getting crushed by JT, among others. Uh, once again, the variability of what can happen on the weekend. But I do like Adam Scott at this number, even 33 to one with how good his form is right now. Uh, Patrick Cantlay is my top pick this week. SoCal native, uh, UCLA alum, has two top fives and five top 20s in his last six year. Hey, listen, he's never he's not like towards the top of the, the heap in terms of putting. But if he does anything positive this week, watch out because the ball striking numbers here are tremendous. I mean, he gains, I think every time he's been to Riviera, to Riviera, he has gained strokes off the tee, usually pretty good on approach. Uh, I think he might have turned things around a little bit at Pebble Beach after some rough weekends uh, that we saw in Palm Springs and in San Diego. So we'll see. I'm going with Cantlay. I like that number at plus 2,000 on, M- on BetMGM. And also another plus 2,000. I'm doing it. Max Homa, horse for the course. A win, three top fives, and four top tens in his last four here. Gained more than 11 shots on the greens here last year. And listen, he was on the wrong side of the draw in Scottsdale with the with the rain on Thursday morning, and Pebble was a mess. So we're throwing out the last two weeks, but I do like Max Homa at, uh, at plus 2,000, a.k.a. 20 to 1. All right, it is time for our long shots category. Once again, I looked ahead, I cheated, and you guys are on the same golfer. Patrick, Again. start with you. How about this? What's with Kurt Kitayama? What what's the what's the Ooh. plus at uh, plus nine thousand? First, let me say to Joe in the chat, please don't call me Pat. Um, <laughs> but but yes, look, Sia did not share with me his proprietary uh, his model, but I have I have through the grapevine through the sources out there. I have it on good authority that he ranks fourth in his model from weighted tee to green. So once I heard that news, Kurt Kittyama, 90 to one was a buy, buy, buy sign. And we look at all these long shot winners. Yes, they're unexpected, but some like Nick Taylor is a winner. Wyndham Clark's a U.S. Open champion. Chris Kirk has won on the PGA Tour before. And Kurt Kitayama, a winner of a signature event last year at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. We know he, he can get it done. I think 90 to 1 uh, is a very good price for a proven winner in, in, a, in a long shot uh, atmosphere. All right, Sia, you also like Kitayama. You kind of you hyped him up earlier. Any further thoughts? Well, first of all, somebody pointed out in the chat that like with the Bette Midler stuff, if they, some people watched the early edge this morning. And they know I also quoted in sync and we had a boy band discussion. I, I quoted specifically, it's going to be me only to be rivaled by Patrick McDonald saying, and he didn't know he was doing this bye bye bye. He was saying B U Y, but clearly everybody heard B Y E B Y E B Y E. So this has just been a boy band extravagance and I'm really proud to be a part of it. I don't have much to add to Kurt Kitayama other than what he said about the API last year. Like it was a signature event, right? It was an elevated designated event, whatever word uh, the PGA tour decides to use. And like, what does that mean? It means he was doing it against great competition. So I think Kurt Kitayama has plenty of upside. I think he flashed a little bit of it last week as well. And then my other long shot winner. And by the way, Kurt Kitayama is 
the 90 to ones might be gone at your book. He's he might be 80 to one. He might be 75 to one. All of that's fine too. It's long enough for me to take it. Even if you lost some closing line value there, uh, Bo Hossler is my other guy. Like he's a guy that I just, I think he has a lot of potential. We just haven't seen him put it all together yet this year. Again, it's a small sample size, but I know he can be good off the tee. I know he can be good on approach and he's usually great with the short game. I'm just waiting for that moment for him to put it all together. And given the way this 2024 season is gone, it wouldn't shock me if it happens in the here and now. Well, you guys know uh, good, good outrights. Uh, you know, I'm not the best with picking my long shots, so I got to do parlays. We know how that we know how I roll. Uh, we're going to do a top 10 parlay. You can find all these at DK Patrick Cantlay, who I just talked about winning. And Sam Burns uh, at plus 750. I think that's pretty good value there. Top 20 parlay, uh, Hovland, Obear, and Nikolai Hoygaard at plus uh, 700. Uh, Hoygaard's never played here, nor has Obear, but those guys are in very good form. And Hovland has the course form here, three top 20s and three appearances. So I feel pretty good about that one. And then our top finish parlay, ready to, this is for a sprinkle. I mean, if you want to throw a unit on it, good luck to you. Uh, can't lay top five. I think he's going to win. Adam Scott, top 10. I think he's going to be right up there. Cam Young, I mean, he's played here twice. Uh, he has a T2 and a T20, and he drove and putted it well in Scottsdale. So, hey, I'll take my chances uh, at, at 35 to 1. Give me some of that. Uh, hey, go ahead, counselor. Well, I was going to say, uh, Hoygaard is interesting. I just want everybody to know, I mean, there's only so many, especially in a 70-person event, so many first-round leaders I can pick. I already probably picked too many by by throwing out four there and again these are just sprinkle plays like you we're not putting a, a bunch of money on this but Hoygaard was one of the guys I was considering and you're, you're right about his form and I think he's a really great course fit too so I, I don't think he's seen this course at least not competitively I don't think he's played at Riviera before I think you mentioned that um, but I don't think that's a really big issue when it comes to first round leaders anymore, especially I don't, I don't I don't know, maybe maybe it is for this particular course, but somebody to consider like maybe in DFS as 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 a dart throw low owned. And speaking of that, there was something that Sites said, I think it's Sites 151 or Sites 51. He said, oh, Sites 501, excuse me. He said, I'm fading Scott in DFS and picking up scott in the top 10 market to supplement that i just wanted okay. to point that out for those of you that are playing both dfs and betting this is something that mike mcclure talks about as well when you know a guy is going to be really trendy in dfs like adam scott is he's, he's going to be trendy and I, and I put that out there for everybody to know like a lot of the people around him in that price range probably not going to be trendy so you might want to pivot to maybe a, a jason day for example uh fellow australian but the point i'm making here is if you really want to get a piece of somebody, but you know they're going to be really popular in DFS and you know in golf DFS, you want to play the game of probably fading most of the trending guys, not all the trending guys, but most of them, then go ahead and bet them in the top 10 market, bet them in the outright market, top 20. So you have some like stake in it so that you take them off your DFS team, but at least you, you got some money coming back if they happen to have a great tournament. I just thought it was a cool way to do it because I know most people these days are playing DFS and they're betting and you know you don't have to like max out in both. You can kind of hedge a little bit with the betting market outside of DFS. My bold prediction, I actually think we're going to see a winner towards the top of the board. Is that really bold? I mean, after what we've seen in the first six weeks of the season, where we've seen 100 to 1 or greater, now it's time. We're going to get a top of board winner. It's going to be Patrick Cantlay. I mean, just, just want to say that. All right, guys, always a great show. Always glad to be along with you. Uh, check us out, Early Edge tomorrow and throughout the week, 10 a.m. Eastern, the host of that show was also on this show, The Counselor. So check that out. Many other good things. Don't forget to like this video before you, before you check out and subscribe to Sportsline just in case you haven't already. So for Patrick McDonald and Sina Najad, I am Eric Cohen. As I always like to say, let's hit it big. Good luck. 